All right, welcome to the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. I'm your host, Jackson Keebler, and on this episode, I'm going to be talking about RPGs. It's going to be a lot of fun, so let's get started. At this point, I might as well just start calling myself Two Podcasts Too Late. Um, you, I, I was so good about putting it out on Wednesdays, but now I'm just uh, I'm falling behind and this one's coming out over the weekend, um, so sorry about that, but anyway, um, this episode, once again, uh, we're going to be talking about RPGs. Zelda 2 is kicking my ass. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I don't know if, like, I didn't get the RPG gene that you could beat these games, uh, but Zelda 2 is fucking Nintendo hard. Castlevania 2 and Fizanadu, um, you know, they took a little getting used to, but they were a walk in the park. But Zelda 2, like, even, like, when you're trying to grind to level up and get more XP, that in itself is a grind. <laughs> like, you you have the bad possibility of dying uh, when you're trying to level up. And then once you do level up, it's like, all right, do you want magic, attack, or life? You know, and A, do you use it, or B, do you save it up and, you know, try to level up something else? It's it's really hard to kind of decide. There's so many scenarios, I guess, that you could choose, and that's why I love these games. I, I love action, R, action RPGs. But the spells I've gotten so far, first you get the shield spell, uh, then you get the jump spell, which is stupid. And then you get the life spell, which restores your life. Why didn't they just make the jump, instead of having a jump spell, like just, you know, kind of rip off a Metroid, which they did, by the way, because some of those spiders look like Metroids. Um, you know, just find like a jump boot or something or like a jump wand. I don't know, but the whole spell just seemed like a little... Uh, I don't know what the word is, like, it just, it shouldn't have been a spell, it should have been, like, either an item, or a special ability that you just gain, and automatically you can make higher jumps. Alright, so I'm going to nitpick a few things I, I've got in, um, into with Zelda 2. Um, there's this character named Bagu, B-A-G-U, and there is no fucking way that you can find this guy... Unless you talk to every townsperson or, you know, you go on the web and you find a map. Um, I, I went on YouTube and I was doing a walkthrough and that's how, you know, I found Bagu. But if you didn't cheat, which is, I wouldn't consider cheating. I mean, this is the 21st century, but when this game first came out, I guess all you had was like Nintendo Power and the helpline. Um, you... Good luck on finding him. I don't know how anyone would have done that. And then you get to this one town. This is me nitpicking again. I think it's... Don't quote me. It's the second town. I think it's called Road 2. No, no, no. No, it's, uh, it's the town after the bridge. Anyway, the town after the bridge, you know, you try talking to people... And this one person says, the eyes of Ganon are everywhere. Or something, something like that. And, and they turn into enemies and you take damage. I mean, fuck you. Like, I thought towns were supposed to be safe places. Uh-uh, that, that went out the door. 
And like any Zelda game, I have no idea what the name of these enemies are. Like, it's kind of half the fun when I play these games. It's like, all right, you are a spiky thing. You are uh, a horned spear guy. You know, like, they, they give them these stupid names. And I'm sure that there's people out there that know the names of these enemies. But hell if I know them. And the funny thing about Zelda 2 is it takes place in Hyrule. And it doesn't look anything like the Hyrule from Zelda 1. Um, so I'm not sure, quite sure how that worked. Like it was, if it was like on the other side of the world of Hyrule, I, I don't know. But here's a funny factoid. Um, at the bottom of the map in Zelda 2, um, it's near Spectacle Cave. If you can make it that far, I, I haven't made that far. The only reason I know this is because I looked it up. Um, there's a mini version of the original map of Hyrule and you can kind of see, you know, you see like the, the water and the forest and the cemetery, but it's really cool to see like there, there is like a, I wouldn't call it an Easter egg, but there's a mini version of the, the original Zelda map in Zelda 2. But I think Zelda was a, a real complete departure, um, from the original Zelda. Um... Just like Castlevania 2, Castlevania 2 was a complete departure from Castlevania 1. Um, you know, Zelda 2 is an action RPG, but it's more of a platformer, and I'm guessing they did that because of the success of uh, Mario Brothers and Metroid. And you can definitely see that they took elements from both of those games. There's a, once you get into the, they call them palaces, but they're dungeons. Um... There's this enemy that like throws hammers and it's pre I'm pretty sure they just like copy and pasted the code from Mario Brothers to Zelda 2. And um, like I said earlier, uh, some of the spiders and some of the forest, they just look like Metroids. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep going at it. But uh, Zelda 2 is kicking my butt. And if you beat that game, more power to you. If you have any... Uh, <laughs> recommendations please let me know because I don't know what I'm doing wrong with this game So this just in, um, I was reading an article on Polygon, and um, since we're talking about Zelda, they remade Skyward Sword uh, for the Switch. It's called, uh, it's like a high definition version, and apparently it sucks. Uh, before I start talking about this, you know, I never played Skyward Sword. Um, now here's a here's a funny thing. I have a messenger bag that I that I take with me when I leave the house, and it's got you know the Skyward Sword logo, <laughs> and it's black and white. And I just needed a messenger bag. I thought it looked cool. It was like twelve bucks or something, so I picked it up. Funny thing about that is, I walked into an antique store, and I'm just looking around. No, it was a book. Well, anyway, it was a bookstore. I think. Anyway, the guy at the counter is like, "Hey, man, you like Zelda?" And I'm like, how the hell did he know that? And I realized I was wearing my my messenger bag with the logo. Uh, so anyway, we got to talking about Zelda. But after reading this article, apparently there's a huge issue with the controls 
uh, going from the Wii to the Switch. Like on the Wii, um, you know, if you remember like the kind of motion remote, um, you could like swing Zelda's sword with the Wii remote. Apparently that kind of changed uh, when it went to the Switch. Um, I, I, I'm not, I don't have a Switch. I, I've never put my hands on a Switch. This is two consoles too late here. <laughs> like, um, if I do get a Switch, the only reason would be one, uh, to get it for my son, and two, to check out Metroid Dread, but after seeing the, um, the trailer, it looks a lot like, uh, the Zelda they came out with on Nintendo 3DS, Samus, uh, The Return of Samus, and that, that game sucked. I ended up selling my, uh, three, no, I didn't sell it. I gave it to a friend of mine, my 3DS, I gave it to my friend, he was playing an RPG, and, uh, I ended up selling the games that I had for it. But ultimately, I'm just not a Zelda guy. Um, you know, like, I really, really ham-fisted Zelda 1. I barely made it through the first quest. I didn't even try the second quest. Um, <clears throat> Zelda 2 right now, kicking my butt. Um, and the only other Zelda game I've played is um, Ocarina of Time. And I just couldn't get into that one. To the point where I actually just sold my collector's edition copy of uh, for GameCube uh, for Zelda, Zelda the collector's edition for GameCube. There we go. Um, I just sold it on eBay, uh, just case only for forty five dollars. And uh, I mean that's a pretty good price. I mean if you have the the, whole, the full setup, then I've seen it go like almost for a hundred. But I am not a Zelda guy. Sorry. Metroid, Super Mario Brothers, Castlevania, I can kind of deal with that. Zelda, no way. But since we're talking about RPGs, it brought to mind this uh, RPG I used to play on Genesis when I was a kid um, called Starflight. Starflight was on other platforms. It was uh, most notably on uh, Commodore 64. It was a really early electronic arts game, actually. And that game right now, the cartridge for Genesis of Starflight, it, I, just out of curiosity, I went on eBay and I was checking it out. It's commanding a really good price right now. It's kind of hovering around $50. Um, and I just kind of remember playing the game, you know, not, not being very good at it, but I, you know, I got nostalgic and I went back and I looked at the game. Um, I got this stuff from, uh, Wikipedia, and it's something I learned something looking this up. Um, Starflight was considered a sandbox game. And a sandbox game is a video game, um, that gives the player, like, a, a great degree of creativity to complete tasks, uh, towards a goal in the game. Now, there is a plot within Starflight, um, but... At the same time, you can kind of just do what you want. Um, some games... Alright, I'm, I'm reading off Wikipedia right now. Some games exist as pure sandbox games with no objectives. They are also known as non-games or software toys. I never heard that. That's not from Wikipedia. <laughs> More often, sandbox games result from these creative elements being incorporated into other genres and allowing for emergent gameplay. 
So blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what a sandbox game was. Um, but Starflight, I remember being, you know, thinking, all right, there's there's no plot to this game, and but there is a plot. Um, so I'm kind of curious. I So now I kind of want to hack my, uh, my mini Sega Genesis and see if I can find the ROM because I'm curious to play that game again. I remember kind of liking it, but not quite getting it as a kid. But the game got a lot of good critical reviews. Um, in 1986 and 1987, Computer Gaming World declared it the best space exploration game in years. I would agree with that. That was a really fun part about Starflight. In 1998, PC Gamer declared it the 36th best computer game ever released, and the editors called it the most authentic Star Trek experience you could have on a PC, and it wasn't even a Trek game. And the director of the game Mass Effect, uh, Casey Hudson, he, uh, he put out a tweet in 2011 that said, Starflight was the key inspiration for, Mass, for the Mass Effect series. So there's a lot of high praise for this game. So once again, I'm going to see maybe if I can possibly hack my uh, mini Genesis and get this game back. But in summary, I, I'm i going to keep going with Zelda 2. Um, I also have my mini SNES, so I'll check out the Zelda game on there. Just to say, you know, I tried. Try not to give up, but I don't think it's going to happen for me. If I did ever want to see uh, an action RPG, I would like to see a Metroid RPG. I think that would be really cool. Just kind of like a little twist, um, you know. But there are a lot of RPGs out there. I mean, there's way too many to speak of. Um, the big one that always comes to mind is Final Fantasy. Like I said, I'm just I'm not an RPG guy. I'm not a Zelda guy. But I have huge respect for the people that make these games and the people that spend the time to play these games. Um, they're huge fun. They're, they're expansive worlds. What I love about Zelda personally is just the escapism, especially right now. It's just like I need to get out of my head. I need to think about something else. So I just, you know, turn on Zelda for like an hour and, you know, it just kind of brings me to another place and I calm down a little bit. And that's why I like RPGs. All right, this has been the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. Sorry I was late this week, but uh, check me out on Facebook and YouTube at Two Consoles Too Late, and stay tuned for further episodes. Talk to you later. Bye.